Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another Red Shirt Friday edition of Rural Route, wearing the red shirts to make sure that those veterans who've risked their lives understand that we appreciate them. And on this Red Shirt Friday, we gather like we do every other day of the week, Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. I thought on this Red Shirt Friday it would just make sense that uh, we don't talk about what everybody else is talking about. We talk about what we should celebrate as being American citizens. The other thought that I had is that the Road Warriors of America probably need a consultant group or whatever that therapy group is where you get together and, and whine at each other how you can't travel the country. So one came to mind. Mark Miller, would you consider yourself a road warrior? <laughs> uh, road warrior, maybe road dog. I've been <laughs> <laughs> me, me and uh, my band is is been probably considered a little bit of everything. Road warriors. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The band Sawyer Brown. How have you been? Good, good. Just, uh, just like everybody else, just um, trying to to deal with with everything. And my wife and I got up at five thirty to to be at the grocery store at six <laughs> to to get you know the stuff before it's claimed already. So Did, with were, our, were our, our rubber gloves on and. We were, we were, yeah. You yeah. did not go grocery shopping with rubber gloves on, right? Absolutely, absolutely did. <laughs> Is there a picture somewhere? No. <laughs> no. No, I, I destroyed the evidence. <laughs> uh, I read somewhere, Mark, that uh, people think your name is Sawyer Brown. You struggle with that? Yeah. No, no. Um, you know, when we were, when, when I was putting the band together, um, you know, I, I, I really love the idea of this fictitious name, you know, and, and, you know, when I perform, I wear a Panama hat. So, so there was, you know, just this idea to come up with this fictitious name that would conjure up some sort of image. And that's, you know, that's really what, you know, how, Sawyer Brown, you know, came came to be, and I I never thought Mark Miller like in my graduating class there were three Mark Millers, so it wasn't like I had this this incredibly original name. So I I, I came up with this fictitious name. Well, apparently you did well because you've had a bit of stamina now. I mean, you've been out <laughs> for like twelve fifteen years, right? <laughs> uh, I think this year's thirty eight. 38 years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a long time, you know that? Um, you know, sometimes it seems like it's like two or three lifetimes ago, and then sometimes it just seems like it was yesterday. Just it just depends on, you know, what, what I'm looking at. Sometimes I look at, you know, we've done 23 albums, and there'll be songs that that I will actually hear on the radio and I'll just hear them at a distance and I'll go and I'll think, man, that's somebody trying to sound like me. 
And uh, as I get closer, I won't even really remember the song. And I'll go, oh, my gosh, that is that is me, and that's us. And uh, it might be some obscure song from a mal- an album that someone is playing on the radio or something. But, you know, I'll, I'll have this lapse of memory uh, of, of even being involved in that. Uh, I guess I'll ask you the one question that every journalist would ask you, and I try not to be a everyday journalist, if you know what I mean, but the one song that means the most to you or that has really resonated or moved, still moves you? You know, I probably couldn't just settle on one. I mean, um, The Walk is, you know, was really written about my experience with my grandfather who raised me in. Um, you know, then I could, you know, then talk about a song like the Nebraska song, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, which, you know, really means a lot to me. And, and, you know, that, that was, you know, written about, you know, my friendship with Brooke Perringer and, uh, and so, so, you know, I think, I think they're, you know, the walk. The Nebraska song, um, a song called "All These Years," um, which which I didn't write, but um, I can just see the impact when we sing that these songs. Um, the 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 Nebraska song when we're in in Nebraska or anywhere, you know, and the, I mean, we get requests for that in Iowa and Colorado and uh, Montana, uh, and that. So that particular song means a lot to people, and that's that's when it really becomes special. And you 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 get this connection when when I'm on stage and I sing that song or or the walk, and I look out and I see three generations of fathers right. that have come to the show that are on the third row that all have their arm around each other and they have tears in their eyes. Mm-hmm. I can hardly get through this song myself. Yeah, that that would be tough. Yeah. Uh, I have to tell you this story because my wife, obviously a Nebraska graduate, a uh, huge Brooke fan, at one point in time had a big poster of Brooke in her room. Uh, never had a poster <laughs> of me in the room, by the way. Uh, <laughs> right. I... Uh, I start when you you agreed yesterday to join me on the air. I, I started to play that song and she she left. She still couldn't handle it, yeah. and that song just means so much to Nebraska fans and people. And really, it's not just about Nebraska; it's about life and our relationships and willing to to stick it out no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So it's incredible. Well, he was. Tribute. He was. He was, he was special and you know, I, the, even the way the song came about was, was just typical Brooke. Um, I, I don't know if you know the, the, the entire story, but we were, we were going to be a surprise. They were going to do a double ring, uh, ceremony for the back to back national championship. And they were going to do it in the stadium and they were going to present the rings. And Brooke came up with this idea that all those people are going to be in there and they're going to present the rings. And it would really be cool to have like the coolest band in the world play. And so he talked the 
you know, uh, Nebraska into having us come out and we were, we were going to go out and, uh, do a concert after they did the ring ceremony. So, so he, so he gets us all set up and our booking agent and our managers, everybody that this is all set up and we're going to be a surprise. And, um, Tom Osborne was a part of it. Everybody knew. Um, and Brooke says to me, he says, Hey, I want you to write a song for the, the event. And I said, Brooke, I'm not going to write a song. I said, I said, man, you know, we're, we're going to come out. We're going to do the show and we'll, we'll enjoy. But I said, I honestly, I said, man, I'm doing an album right now. I don't have, I don't have time to, to, to do this. He goes, no, you got to write a song. So, I didn't intend on writing it, but just I just sat down and I, I was thinking about the whole Nebraska experience with the whole f- football program, and it's an entire s- subculture that I that I was privy to, and and I was just moved by this, and 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 I write the song. So Brooke calls me, and this is the day before the event is going to happen. And he says to me, he says, hey, he says, hey, I'm, I'm all excited. I'm going to pick you guys up at the airport. No one knows you're coming in. It's going to be the coolest thing. And and he said, and and if you want, he goes, I'll get up at the end and I'll sing Some Girls Do With You on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I said, well, well it, it, you have to understand that was that was his personality. Right. I mean, he gets me to write this song. He gets Nebraska to hire us at the peak of our career to to come to to do this, and it was just that was his that was his charismatic personality and his and his influence, and that's just who he was. So he says to me, he "said Did you write the song?" I said, "Yeah, I wrote the song." He goes, "You got you got to sing it to me." I said, "Brooke, I'm not going to sing you the song <laughs> over the phone." He goes. He goes, I'm not hanging up until you sing me the song. And I said, Brooke, I'm not going to sing. We're two grown men here. I'm not going to sing you the song. He goes, I'm not hanging up. you got to sing me the song. So I had to go get my guitar <laughs> and, like, hold my phone, like, on my shoulder. And I and I played him the Nebraska song. Really? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Mark, I... I hate to do this at this moment, but I have no choice. Roll route segment one. We'll be back with more Mark Miller right up to this. Quickly reminding you about the opportunity with the certified Piedmontese beef program. Get details online. LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Welcome back to Roll Route. Uh, not to be distracted, Mark Miller, but. I just had ten of my neighbors' horses come running up my driveway with my <laughs> my jackass herding them like he's bringing them home. I got this miniature donkey I call Marty Beard, who I named after my best friend because he thinks he played a fractal joke on me. And I just acquired ten new horses. Nice. <laughs> All right, so you were um, you picked up the phone despite being two grown men, and you yeah. sang the Nebraska song over the phone to Brooke. Yeah, I sang him, you know, because he wasn't going to hang up. <laughs> and 
And at least now I know how to get you to do what I want you to do. I'll just be resilient. Yeah. You just, you just, you know, (laughs) well, it doesn't, it it doesn't, you know, hurt to be six foot five and like a beast of a human being. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm out. Never mind. (laughs) I wasn't drafted by the NFL either. Yeah, exactly. So, so he says to me, and this is the sobering part. He says, "He says, no, I'm going to pick you up tomorrow." He goes, "He goes, I'm I'm leaving right now. I'm going to go practice flying." And he said, "I'll uh, I'll talk to you later this evening." Mm-hmm. And that was the flight that he, yeah. you know, he got killed in the crash. And I get a call in the evening, thinking that it's him. And I'm at dinner with my wife, and my manager says, "I need you to." I need you to go outside because at the moment I was at the restaurant, he said, I need you to go outside because he knew how I would react when right. he told me. And so, so, um, you know, so that was, that was the last time I talked to him and I had sang him the song. So fast forward, we had decided along with Tom Osborne to, to a benefit concert and put a permanent scholarship in the name of Brooke in place, a football scholarship in Nebraska, for Nebraska. And um, so we're, I had never met uh, Brooke's mom until the funeral, and, that's, and, and I actually sang at his funeral. She asked me to sing when, when I got there. And I had just really had, was just going to go. And when I got there, she said it would be a, you know, would really meant a lot to him if he would sing. That was tough, tough, tough. Yeah, tough. I can't imagine. Um, and at at the funeral, it's that they have a little civic center in Goodland, Kansas, and uh, it was completely filled, completely filled. And they had opened the doors because there were people spilled out in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Thousands, literally thousands of people. And I'm not exaggerating. And Tom Osborne spoke and um, Turner Gill, um, Ron Brown. These are the assistant coaches and the quarterback coach. And, uh, and I was, I was just really, really moved by Turner was unbelievable. Ron was, and, but how together Tom Osborne kept it, you know, um, and, and, and really got through the, the service. So that's the first time I, I had met him as well. Right. And so, so later we're, we decided, uh, his office contacted us and we decided that we were going to do this event and, and raise money, which we did in, put a scholarship, permanent scholarship in place in Brooke's name. And so when we get to, uh, to the arena in Lincoln, where I meet with his mom and she said, will you sing the Nebraska song? And I says, and, and, oh, and, and I have to, I have to also forget about this. We put the Nebraska song on the six days on the road album. And and I think there are twelve songs, but after eleven it goes to eighteen. 
So so it's actually it's actually the eighteenth song right. on on the Six Days on the Road album and that the Nebraska song is is you know what is a special song. But I had decided that I because the only person who had ever heard me sing it live was Brooke over the phone, that I would never sing it again. So we get to the the, the concert, it's sold out whatever the arena holds in 15, 17,000 people. And she says, will you sing the Nebraska song? And I said, and I told her the whole story. And I said, I, I just, I just can't. I really told myself. And she convinced me that I, I should sing it. And, and that that would help keep Brooke's memory alive. And so I agreed. And so it comes to the the time that we are going to we do the concert and the, the, where I decided we were going to sing the song. I start singing the song. And the crowd is singing it louder than we are, than I am. Wow. And 15,000 people singing the Nebraska song. And I look down and Tom... Osborne is is sobbing, mm-hmm. and it's the first time I had seen him. Even at the funeral, he'd never broke. Right, and at the end of the song, he he comes up on stage, and he hugs me. And you know, there, there's a like when when you look at your career and you have you have these things happen. There, that is that that song broke that night. Ours is something that that I will cherish and always remember, and remember it vividly as if it happened yesterday. And and he was a special special I, uh, kid. I wonder if um, fifteen thousand people had not been leading you through that song at that moment, how you would have held it together yourself and finished it. Well, I have to tell you, I've I've since every time we play Nebraska, we get bombarded and I sing the song mm-hmm. and I never have to, and I never, and, and, and it, it, it really is very emotional still to this day for me, but I will tell you, I never have to sing it alone. Yeah. So. And, uh, we're talking 20 years, right? 20 years ago. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Oh, it is 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like 24, 25 years. 25 years. Well, on that note, are you going to be, assuming that life gets back to uh, somewhat functional, you're going to be in Nebraska this year? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the schedule, but we don't go a year without playing somewhere, two or three different places in Nebraska. I, I know we're in Nebraska somewhere. I Uh, I know that you're at the Platte County Fair. I heard that on the radio they're promoting. Yeah. Sawyer Brown's coming. I'm assuming Mark Miller will be along. <laughs> I, I think I, I always tease him. I say, boy, you, I, I know you could never leave without me on the bus. <laughs> uh, I actually remember you at the Adams County Fair as a kid. I graduated high school in 1984. Well, it was before I graduated, but you were playing Adams County Fair in about 1982. That would have been fairly early in your career 
Yeah, yeah. Very early. Yeah. We yeah. probably we may have, we may have even had it. I don't remember. <laughs> in the early <laughs> days, we had we we traveled with whatever we could throw the gear in. Yeah, you had a bus because I happened to be standing by the bus. I don't know why. I re- well, I remember that because I can put on two hands, Mark, the number of concerts I've actually been to. Yeah. yeah. So, and I can remember every single place I spoke in 20 years. I've spoken in 48 states and five continents, and people say, you won't remember. You spoke, and I do remember that. But I'm not going to ask you yeah. to remember every single place you've played because that's a different deal. Um, we're, it's some, we're somewhere in the 5,000 range, um, of concerts. Wow. And, and I know between 85 and 95, we averaged 200, over 250 dates a year. And we're still doing a hundred a year. Mm-hmm. So, so there, there would be some that I would not remember. Not, not, not because I was inebriated, but just, just the amount right. of, of shows we've done. Yeah. Mark, Mark Miller on a Red Shirt Friday. We are halfway through the journey. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. Sawyer Brown Talk 101, 5,000 concerts. More after this. And let me take this opportunity to remind you about the last weekend of September, Grand Island, Nebraska. Maybe Mark Miller will want to come to Exarban Stock Show 2020. If you're interested in the Pig Challenge, the deadline is upon you now. The entry deadline for all livestock is not until later this summer. Full details about all entries and what can be accomplished and that Pig Challenge where you're going to be given a Berkshire Barrow. Yes, given a Berkshire Barrow and then bring it back and learn more about the pig business. And we're going to donate that pork, by the way, to people who need it. So get full details at exorbitantstockshow.com. Last week in September, Grand Island, Nebraska. Welcome back to Roll Routes on a Red Shirt Friday. I thought that we'd get uh, Mark Miller on today to kind of talk about the positive things. And I'm going to ask you a question, which... I believe will lead us down the path where we've already been, Mark, but what I really wanted to talk about, and that is 38 years. How do you maintain the same energy for every audience that you did 25 years ago when it was a bit newer? Hmm. Well, I I think if you knew how, how I grew up, all my family were either farmers, preachers, or um, factory workers. Mm-hmm. So so I, I grew up with this blue-collar work ethic. Always have uh, from the time I was a kid. And um, I've, I see how hard my folks work and have worked. And for me to have the, to, to be able to get to do what I get to do. Um, man, I got to honor that. I got to be a good steward. And so every time I walk out on stage, I, it, I, I, I run every day. I work out every day. I stay in shape and it's to be able to go out and do that show, those shows. And for whatever that hour and a half, two hours that we're on stage, is to, you know, th- they can't think that I'm 
not 25. I want them to, to feel that same thing as you as you did when you saw us when you were you said a kid out of high school. That's that's my job, and it's it's still such a big honor and thrill to get to do this. That I want to be a good steward of that. People often ask me because I I travel about 150 nights a year as well and typically speak in half of the states and been doing it 20 years and it gets to be a grind so I can somewhat relate although it's not at the same level what you're you've experienced <clears throat> excuse me but people say how do you keep doing that and it is about the people I continue to meet people I have friends around the world that I communicate with on a regular basis I'm inspired by people and if you really know much about Sawyer Brown music and what you've written uh, without knowing w- what you shared with us in your family history, you're just you're celebrating the working man, men and women. That's not men in today's sense that make the United right. States what it is. The people that just go without worrying about the glory and get the job done to make life better for everybody else. Well, I tell you, there's there's not a single time that all of us walk on stage that that still. After 30 years, I'm still amazed at the amount of people that come out to mm-hmm. see it. And I know who they are. A lot of them I know by name. We've, we've toured that long. Um, and the, the, for, for us to get to be a, a distraction in like, like, like the stuff that's going on now. You know, we played last, we, we did our last concerts last Friday and Saturday. And it was right when everything was, was, was shutting right. down. But to see the, the just, the joy. And, and I think what that, that is, is, is that there's maybe this is a little bit of comfort that we, that we get to provide, that we get to bring this distraction from the crazy things that are going on out there for us to, to, to be able to, to do that and then, and see that reaction. It, it, it is, it's totally all about the, the, the fans and, and the, and the, the people that support us. And for the most part, you get to see the, the best part of America, right? Because people are coming the, there for the distraction and they're just, they're just loving being there and enjoying one another. The best part. And, and, you know, we set out to do that in the very beginning is to 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 be middle America's band. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what we that's what we have become. And that's what we love. People ask me what's some of my favorite venues. And I tell them county fairs. And they they're they're like taken back, you know, because we played stadiums, we played Carnegie Hall, we, and they they said, well, why, why county fairs? And I said, you have to understand that that there are people who would not ever go to an arena to see an act. They wouldn't go to a theater. They would be too intimidated, but they would feel comfortable about coming out to the county fair. And I said, the appreciation that they show when we when we hit the stage is is unmatched and and that's you know that's what this is all about for us yeah i could see where that would take a lot of people back because 
And I think that's changing as we speak. I, I think, I don't know. I, I hope, Mark, that it's not like 9-11 where for a couple of weeks everybody was different. And then, boom, we yeah. lapsed right back into where we are. I just hope that yesterday I sat in my sow barn on a five-gallon bucket, and it was sleeting on the roof. And it just reminded me of my dad on the farm when we grew up, and it started raining. And we'd go sit on a five-gallon bucket in the barn and weather the storm. And yeah. um, we're going to weather the storm, but I hope that some things change and people come back to what's really important a little more. Well, I think um, I think it's a wake up call, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm okay with that, and uh, and I agree. And you know, it's it's uh, to to have to stop and change the routine and and do something different. It's not a bad thing. Uh, in addition to singing, you and I had a conversation the other day that uh, you've had your hand in making a movie or two. What spurred that on? Um, well, we uh, well, I have to. Uh, the original movie was a, a movie called Ring the Bell, which was a faith-based movie that that I wrote and produced. And the way that came about was I have a Christian record label. And I, on my label, I also produce them. I have the band Casting Crowns. And uh, they have, Casting Crowns have, have, are, is one of the biggest selling acts in the Sony distribution system. And so when Sony started doing all these faith-based movies, they came to me and said, you know, you know, do you have any, any thing that, you thought could be a good movie. So mm-hmm. I tell them the story. And actually I had already written a screenplay a few years earlier. So incidentally, they, they wanted to make the movie and, and we made it And casting crowds was in it. Stephen Curtis Chapman, Matthew West. Um, and we, we made the movie and it was really received really well. Well, so I get a a booking with uh, an ad company called NutriBlend, and and we're doing this um, private show. And when we were at the private show, I I had dinner one night with some of the guys in the ag industry, and they had seen the movie Ring the Bell, and they asked me about. About, he said, could you, they said, we are trying to change the the image of ag. We have all this negative stuff that's going on about ag all through our country with PETA and, you know, everybody just pounds us. We would like to be able to, to do an entertaining movie and, and for you to do what you did, how you represented faith in this entertaining way. If you if you could come up with with an idea to do that with ag, so we did that. And we did a movie called Ivy League Farmer, and um, they they loved it so well. It was received well that we ended up doing another one that I wrote and produced called Where the Fast Lane Ends, and both of those were were family uh, films 
uh, with this underlying ag um, theme. I didn't even know that Ivy League Farmer was out there, and I know the folks at Nutriblend, so I wonder where the disconnect is. Yeah. Um, How do we, we find that? Um, Ivy League is, you know, it was, it was played, I know, on RFD for several, you know, several showings, but it is, it should be on Netflix. I'll, I'll have to check. Yeah, I can check that don't, too. Don't quote me on that, but we could check to see if it's on. But the, don't, the don't worry, Mark. It. I won't tell anybody until you get back to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A million people are hearing this. But, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but well, I, I think so. in, in, we, you could check. They could uh, check it. Actually, it's just you, me, my mom, and three other people listening. So it's really no big deal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in today's searching world, it won't be hard to find it, but I'm going to track down my friends at Nutriblend and ask them why I wasn't in the loop on that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've got 30 seconds. So do you like the movie business? Um, I like, I like, um, everything except the last part you said, business part yeah, of it. Right. That's the, that's the, that's the toughest part is trying to make it, make it work and, and, but making the movie uh, and writing the script, I, I really enjoyed that creative process. I, I tell people writing the script is 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 like writing a song. Only you get to you get an hour and a half to do it. I said I said a song's a little bit harder because you only got three minutes to tell right. a story. In a in a script, you got an hour and a half to tell it. So. Well, if you and I are right about what is happening today and how it might affect us long term, there's going to be much more demand for faith-based movies. And in my world, you can't yeah. talk about faith-based living without including the essentials of life, and that being God's creation, earth, and the man to take care of it and take earth and improve human lives in what we call farming. Yeah. So I think that's the yeah. future. Mark Miller, my guest, we've got yeah. one segment left. We'll be back with more Roll Routes after this. So you're tired of taking commodity prices for your beef cattle? Get involved in a niche program. There are tremendous opportunities, tremendous growth. Look to do something different if you're not getting paid what you should. What we've chosen to do, Certified Piedmontese, is working extremely well. Interesting to note that in the current situation, Internet sales for certified Piedmontese are off the charts. That could be part of your future as well. If you'd like to get more information about what separates Piedmontese, the breed itself, and the beef, go to the website. Learn more about the myostatin gene related to tenderness at LungCreekCattleCode.com. And don't forget, bulls and heifers are selling April 18th at the ranch in Broken Bow, Nebraska. Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Lewis, alongside Mark Miller of Sawyer Brown fame. Uh, I, it did just occur to me that you live in Nashville. Nashville got tore up a couple of weeks ago. How's that recovery process, Mark, from a tornado? Yeah, it was several tornadoes, and it—I it, mean, when it first happened, it still is. It looks like a war zone, um, part of downtown. Then it went, it went east really out the I-40 corridor Mm -hmm. and, um, my, my road manager, it tore up, um, 
probably a half of his house and he, he was in it. Um, so it's affected all of us, but this is the amazing thing. And I loved seeing this on, on the news. The next day they were interviewing several different people and there wasn't anyone crying. There wasn't anyone that was saying anything other than we are going to rebuild this. We are going to come together. And, and my, my, my road manager, who's also my, my brother-in-law and is, is married to my stepsister. Um, he said there were, he counted at one point, there were 38 people outside of his house helping just moving stuff and, and clearing stuff. And he said there were 38 people and he said over half of them, I didn't know. Wow. And, and that's, that's, you know, we, we had a flood here, I think in 2010, it was, it was a big flood, flooded part of our land and my barn, my studio. And it was, it was just really devastating. And, and Anderson Cooper flew in and he, he apologized to America. He said, we had no idea. He said, and the reason we had no idea is because they didn't complain. Right. They took care of their own. And, and there were, you know, and, and that's, that, that's really been the, the coolest thing when, when we've had tragedies here in Tennessee. It truly is the volunteer state. Well, that's the whole midsection of the USA that you celebrate for 38 years on tour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. and so many people who don't live here just don't get it. But I'm fine with that. Yeah. Let them not get it. We'll just continue yeah. to celebrate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that that is that is right. It's pretty amazing. Uh, you have a daughter that that's uh, fairly well known. I take it. I don't yeah, watch RFD TV, but tell me about that. Yeah. Well, Madison, uh, my daughter has a, a show. Her, her married name is Brown, and no, <laughs> she went from a totally Miller to good. a Brown. That's pretty unique. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> n- no relation to Sawyer Brown. Um, <laughs> although her, although her husband teases her and says they are going to name one of their children Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah, and, and, how fitting and, would and that she be? Says, she says, no, we are not. <laughs> yeah, well, but I know who's going to win has, that battle. <laughs> exactly. But she has, uh, I'm really proud of her. She uh, she graduated from Vanderbilt and then went to law school, graduated from law school. And then she came out and she had this idea to do this TV show. And um, so um, she came up with the, the concept and it's it's called Chasing Down Madison Brown. And it's on RFD TV, and uh, it's actually gone into. We just finished season three, but it's going to go into syndication now, and uh, and so folks will be able to see it. Uh, it's going to be on the Circle Network as well as in the fall. It will go into syndication in a lot of regional markets that that wouldn't that that you wouldn't have been able to see on RFD TV. Cool. So. So, yeah, and it's, uh, again, it's called Chasing Down Madison Brown, and it's my daughter, and it's a, a really um, fun, educational ag. It, it um, 
there's a there's a lot of uh, she um, does a lot with 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 ag promoting ag and uh, celebrities lifestyle cooking has a little bit of everything a little travel so uh, all of that and uh, and she's the girl next door so she really pulls it off quite well. Yeah, I look forward to that uh, getting wider distribution. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What are you chasing down, Madison Brown? What do you have if you catch her? <laughs> well, as her husband, <laughs> well, I, I, I tell you this: her husband, when she was in law school, and her husband, he had graduated, and so he's he's having to find some stuff to do while she's in law school. Because that was she went to law school in St. Petersburg, Florida, to Stetson University, and so we had him working on the movies uh-huh. with us. So we're doing one of the movies, and and we just had a long day. And Madison was 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 coming in that night, um, and I asked him if uh, when we were leaving the set, I said, "Do you want to go to dinner?" He said, "He said no, I." I'm going to go home. I got, I got to get some rest. He said, the tornado's coming in later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that probably is the best way to describe yeah. her. The tornado. Yeah. She's, she's full tilt. She's high energy, full tilt. And so that's, that's her personality. Imagine that. Uh, did I catch you saying that your studio was in a barn? Uh, yes. Is there a Hereford cow next to the studio to inspire you to sing better? (laughs) It was about 20 feet away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We, we, I actually, we outgrew, we outgrew the, I had, I had some of the, uh, some of the paddocks and the, and the, uh, stalls and stuff back by the studio. And, uh, we outgrew it and we just kept buying more land and more cows and more land and more cows. And so, so it, it, it moved a little further away from the studio, but not too far. I always wanted to, I, I, was, I always wanted to keep it the best looking cows, like where I could walk out and see them every day. Yeah, absolutely. There's just something so tranquil about going and, and whether you're horseback or just a foot, going into the middle of the pasture when a cow is grazing. If you haven't experienced that, I I guess you don't know what you're missing. You don't. You don't. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, I went out on the limb, and uh, I don't think it was much of a limb, but I made a a video. I do this little two-minute video every day called Loose from the Hip, and yesterday I was in the middle of my cow's and um, I said point blank that well, there's research that documents people who breathe animal manure are five times less likely to contract disease. And it's, it's not nothing strange. It's just immunity. We, we have a greater uh, immune system because of the exposures that we've had. And I believe that we will not see farmers contract this disease and anything can happen. But there's just a level of immunity there that, and people just don't get that. We try yeah. to live in a sterile world, Mark, and we, yeah. 
if we don't have exposures, we're naive to anything that comes our way. So it yeah. only makes sense that you would have a cow grazing there to build your immune system. So when you go out on the road, you stay healthy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we, farmers have, have, have started social distancing long before it was cool, right? <laughs> we created social distancing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So, uh, so there. <laughs> that's the sound bite of the day, right? Maybe of the year. Uh, Mark, we have two minutes left. I've been driving this conversation. What do you want people to most know before we run out of time on a red shirt Friday? Mm. Well, I'd say I'd say this. I mean, you know, my my wife and I, like I said, we were at the grocery store at six in the morning, and and they're literally. No, no meat at all in the, the grocery store at all. And just, you know, when we, when we left, you know, she said that it's just really sad and I could tell it just affected her and, you know, but we, we get home and we walk in and, and, you know, at the end of the day, we know it's all going to be okay. We've, you know, if, if we have to change the way we do things, that's what we'll do. But that's who we are. That's the kind of people we are, and, and that's the kind of country we live in. That we can do that. We can we can change, and we can do whatever we have to do to survive, and we will. And I believe that. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I picked up on the red shirt Friday about eighteen years ago because I learned at the end of World War II it was the ladies' auxiliary for the VFW that suggested every Friday. I'm Man, every man, woman, and child should wear a red shirt just as a simple, subtle gesture to say thank you as people are returning from the beaches of France and Italy and the South Pacific. And I thought, why don't we do that now? And, uh, you know, this week, and particularly here on this Red Shirt Friday, where we just are giving a subtle gesture. Well, number one, because I'm not a volunteer fan, so I don't have a pile of orange in my closet. But, um, you know, hey, red... and neither am I. Okay, just for the record, okay. <laughs> And, the ugliest, uh, it's the ugliest orange on the planet. <laughs> Go ahead. And the, the red simplifies, uh, you know, the, the blood that was given. Yeah. Kind of started by yes. Jesus on that cross. But, uh, right. you know, as we are all hunkered down now, social distancing, the men and women risking our lives in law enforcement, the men and women risking their lives in military, protecting our freedom, ridding human oppression around the world. They don't have that luxury. They're still doing what they do to protect us. And so uh, I just wanted to give a minute and a shout out to all of those individuals that that make the United States of America the greatest place in the world to call home. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it wasn't uh, a talk radio show, I'd have you sing us the Nebraska song in closing. But I, I think you've already done that. Was, that, over that, was the phone. One, that was for one. That was for one special guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I look forward to the time that uh, we get together, and uh, we need to make a faith-based movie together, centered around a farm family. What do you say? Right, let's do it. I will. I am in. Absolutely. And, and with that, we have journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America both Mark Miller and myself remind you all roads do lead to a rural route alright folks it won't be long I'll be getting cagey need to make a pig delivery 
I'm planning to go to Pennsylvania within the next two weeks, running out I, uh, I-80 through Indiana into 70 at Indianapolis on to Bedford, PA. And I'm also planning to go west in the next two weeks. So if you're on either route and interested in show pigs this season, get a hold of me. Go to Team Loose. I posted a two-week-old pig on there today that I'm kind of proud of, 26-9. Frankie Rice calls him Oreo. Team Loose on Facebook. See ya. Have a great weekend.